Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 423, featuring Janelle Crochon and Jonathan Rothbart, uh, who are absolutely amazing. They are the visual effects supervisors uh, for uh, John Wick Chapter 4, which I'm very excited to talk about, and uh, really, really great. Now, you guys may remember Janelle, if you are a longtime subscriber to the CG Garage. She was on back in episode number 72, which was in 2016. So we got to hear her whole backstory and all of the stuff that she's been involved with back then. Of course, there's been a lot of time since then. Uh, but she's a wonderful person, and I work with her very closely uh, back in the day. Uh, but Jonathan, I did not know... And she suggested, well, if you're going to do a thing about John Wick, you should have Jonathan too, because he's the other visual effects supervisor and the two of us work together. So I didn't really know Jonathan, and I was very, very embarrassed by this. And you're going to, guys, I'm going to admit this right here in the intro. I didn't realize that Jonathan was one of the founders of the orphanage. <laughs> and I interviewed him saying, oh, yeah, tell me about your background. And it turns out he was one of the founders of the orphanage. Uh, besides being an absolutely very delightful person, he is obviously an extraordinarily talented person. And we really got to hear about a lot of stuff. Now, Janelle worked mostly on the post side of things, and Jonathan worked most on the onset side of things. So we got to hear both stories. And John Wick 4 was an absolute fabulous film, uh, which I really loved. Uh, my my good friend uh, Dan Thrawn described it as, as the best combination of an opera and a video game at the same time. Uh, it's really, really cool. There's an incredible amount of stuff that we talk about in this particular podcast, which are spoilers. They don't necessarily spoil the story, but they certainly tell you about all the incredible stuff that happens within the movie. So if you don't want to have any spoilers at all, uh, I highly recommend you watch the movie first before you listen to this podcast. But otherwise, if you want to hear about the incredible stuff that Keanu Reeves and the stunt guys did and all the effects and all the incredible shots and how they were accomplished, definitely, definitely go uh, listen to this. There's some really, really great stuff that would really sort of tell you about the incredible production of this movie. I love the movie. I absolutely adored it. And I'm not saying that because I interviewed these people. I really enjoyed it. It was really, really great. Uh, okay. Now, uh, we've got a few announcements I want to make. Uh, first of all, we have still a special, which is still today and tomorrow, I believe it's going to expire on April 25th. And that is if you want to have a uh, V-Ray and Phoenix uh, annual commercial licenses, you can use the promo code April 20, April's all caps. I don't know if the caps matter, but might as well use them since that's when the way it's checking out at the checkout and you can get a 20% off on, uh, on uh, Phoenix and, and, and V-Ray. So again, that, uh, that expires on April 25th and the promo code is April 20. Uh, okay. In terms of events, we only have one really event that's happening and it's happening right now. It's actually just started today, which is, uh, going to be April 24th through the 26th. We will be at, uh, FMX, which is in, we are at FMX, which is in Stuttgart, Germany. Of course, if you happen to be there, we'd love to see you. We have booths, we have talks, we have all kinds of a big presence there. Unfortunately, I am not there. I'm still in Los Angeles, but, uh, but a lot of our team is going to be there. So we'd be happy to see you there. All right. If you guys want to know more about the podcast, you can go to facebook.com slash CG Garage Podcast, and we'd love to chat with you there. You can always just go directly to our page, which is chaos.com slash CG Garage. Uh, and of course, you can always watch these podcasts, which I highly recommend on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash 
the Chaos Group TV. Again, that is youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. And of course, if you have any other questions or comments or like to, to su suggestions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we get a lot of those these days, which is wonderful. Just keep them coming. Uh, labs at chaos.com. And uh, we'd love to hear your suggestions for other guests or other podcasts you'd like to hear. Again, that is labs at chaos.com. But for now, enjoy Janelle Croshaw and Jonathan Rothbart uh, on John Wick Chapter 4. Welcome to another CG Garage where the Chaos Group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. Janelle, I mean, we've we've met Janelle before on the podcast. I'm not going to get too much, uh, uh, you know, we'll do a little catch up with you uh, as we go. Chris, I got to say, you know, it's been seven years. Since we were on the podcast? It's 2016. In oh, May. Yeah, I looked it up. Okay, so yeah, we have a little catching up to do, what you've been up to over the last seven years. That's all right. It's okay. But Jonathan, we've never met you, so you're going to have to give us a little bit, a quick background of it. What got you into visual effects and in the movie industry in general? Well, that was a long time ago. I started out in the video game industry, and but truth be told, I'd always been fascinated with film and wanted to work in film. And uh, and then when I saw Jurassic Park in the theaters, I thought it was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So I pretty much did everything I could to get into film. And I was fortunate enough to get uh, a job at the ILM art department and started oh, nice. out uh, my career there, um, which okay. is amazing. And then uh, I moved on to CG and then I actually had my own facility for 10 years up in the Bay Area. What was um, this I've facility? Uh, it's called the Orphanage. Oh, you were the... <laughs> okay, yes. I know the Orphanage very well, of course, obviously. Oh, good. So you ran the Orphanage? <laughs> you started yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize Myself that. Myself <laughs> and uh, my two partners, uh, Scott Stort and then Stu Mashwitz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so uh, tell us about the Orphanage real quick. Some people may not know about it. I don't, obviously, it's a very strange uh, Well, we were we started with the um, – actually, we just started with Scott Stort and myself early on. And then um, – and we were really trying to take advantage of the, uh, the new digital format, which nobody really understood at the time. Uh, so we were really involved in uh, – in, enhancing and moving forward the digital format uh from for film and video and uh and then um but we were still for money we're leaning on our visual effects background and had figured out a way when we were at ilm myself and Stu, we had been part of this department called the rebel mac unit where um that yeah. was started by joe noble where we just did all of our uh shots on a mac and we were responsible for an electric image where right? ilm is up pipeline oriented facility in rubble Mac, we did everything ourselves. Um, so uh, we were kind of a little boutique shop within ILM. So when we left ILM, we had the knowledge of how to use over off the shelf software in order to do visual effects, which at the time wasn't really very common. Um, right. We were using after effects, 
and at the time electric image uh form z for modeling it was it was uh it was and an when was that that was uh we well i left ilm in uh 2000 okay so that was but didn't you guys you guys did the um the pod racer sequence in uh phantom menace right no my first two hires were kevin bailey and ryan tudhope who were both oh, right. 19 at the time and couldn't even buy beer um we had to buy them beer but uh, yeah it was kind of funny um, but they were our first two employees, and they had worked on the uh, the pod race. Um, okay, is at Lucasfilm. Right, right, um, right, right. Kevin, Kevin's been yeah. on this podcast before. Ah, uh, yes. So yeah, um, I hired Kevin. Yeah, when he was nineteen. <laughs> um, That's funny. That's when I started Digital Domain. Really, oh, you were nineteen? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I was nineteen. That's, That's awesome. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so you did the orphanage. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And then we closed the orphanage in 2010. And, uh, and then after that I had, um, I had gone on to work on the studio side. Well, we, I, we had set up, this is getting really detailed. Sorry. We had set up okay. a little facility and we did, we designed, um, all the graphics for avatar. Right. Um, which was actually an amazing job because we got to design all the graphics, then we handed them off to the visual effects facilities, and then we left the show. So it was all the fun without any of the pain. It was great. Right. <laughs> um, That's amazing. And then, and then after that, I started uh, um, doing studio side supervising on various films, uh, several at Sony, and then on and on and on and on. But it's uh, it's been fun, and I, I love studio side work, so it's it's been great. It's it was nice to go from uh, being responsible for 150 people down to just one, which was the great thing. <laughs> right, right. That's amazing. Uh, that's amazing. Well, Jonathan, um, I know we're going to talk about the Matrix, but maybe at some point when you're back uh, on the on on this state side, <laughs> we yeah. can have a longer conversation about some of your career. But I, it's great to have that introduction about that. And, and uh, I want to thank Janelle for suggesting that you guys both come on. Um, and I think it was really cool. I do, I do want to talk about, about John Wick 4, which was uh, fabulous. Uh, but Janelle, catch me up. Last seven years. I know you moved around a little bit. We were discussing it before we hit record, but what's happening? Oh, my goodness. Um, my son is six. Now. Six. So last time I probably didn't have kids. And so my son is six and my daughter's three. Yeah. And been um, yes, married, wait, you married were, for five. You were pregnant once when we when I when we were hanging out in Washington D.C. for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, that was. Oh God, I forgot about Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. That's uh, I've I've been called Dory lately because I seem to have this memory that just <laughs> forget, forget about things. But you're right. I was pregnant in Washington D.C. when we did that little thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's been that's sort of been my life, and I've done, you know, been doing visual effects along the way. But I, I gotta say that the the family is an equal passion of mine, as much as visual effects used to be my baby. I now have two real ones. So, but that's awesome. You're still managing to do these amazing things while still having a family, though. Has that Not been easy. a challenge? It it is. It's a challenge, but you know, you just um, you learn to multitask and be flexible and um, try to figure out a way to juggle. And, you know, the pandemic has actually 
in in a lot of ways made things a bit easier because I think that studios tend to be a bit more flexible now with everyone working from home part time, working in the office part time. Sure. Um, I am a big fan of working in the office as much as possible. I just think that that's and especially the age the kids are at, it's not that easy for me to work from home because they want mom. Right. And so it's kind of good to get away, but it's still nice that it's a little more flexible these days. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. My daughter is learning to drive and getting ready for college. So you can imagine how long that wow, time has been. Wow, so is Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I feel you. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind not, of, uh, in fact, tomorrow we're, we're going to go see, she's doing a performance of Elephant Man tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, fun. Yeah. That's Very amazing. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, 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 so you were... When did you guys start? Did you guys start this? I mean, during the pandemic, was there a sort of the shooting of this and everything else? Was that going on during the pandemic? Did you guys manage that? Or how did you guys navigate what, uh, working on John Wick 4? I'm going to let Jonathan take that. And I'll just give a little bit of a history on how I joined the show, which I didn't come on until about May of 2022. So it was um, oh, already in post. And so right. they've been on it forever. And he has some great stories. So All right. Tell us how it all started, Jonathan. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I mean, I had been, I, Chad and I go rather far back. We had worked on after earth together. Uh, uh -huh. so I'd kind of been talking to him, uh, which was in, I think 2013 or something like that. Um, but, uh, I had, uh, he and I had been talking about the film. I had, ta I had talked to him about the last John wick and been helping him, but I was on another show. So it wasn't available. Um, so this time, fortunately things lined up. Uh, so we were, I had been talking to the film all the way, uh, as early as the year before. God, I'm losing track of years right now. We're in 2023. So that would have been 2021. Right. Um, right. and, but then, uh, we started prep in Berlin. Um, and I think it was April of, uh, 2021, Yeah. Um, okay. and then, um, yeah. And I'd been on officially doing stuff since I had done some stuff in February and then, um, and then came on officially, uh, in April when we started scouting in Berlin. Um, okay. but, uh, I, I mean, I could say that, uh, it was, it, this was definitely one of my favorite films to be on. I think Chad's kind of a force to be reckoned with. He's, he's yep. definitely, um, in a, in, how many in one months of, most of night shoots? Uh, we shot, I think, uh, I think we ended up shooting 97 days of nights and it was at one point it was 13 straight weeks of nights while we were shooting. Um, Not easy oddly nights. enough, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think everybody was miserable, but Chad and I on set. Um, cause we both are kind of built that way. And, uh, I loved it because we would shoot all night and then we'd come home and I, I have two kids as well. And, uh, and that way I'd get home in the morning and uh, be able to get on FaceTime and be with my family for dinner um, when I'd get home. So I would just sit on FaceTime and join them for dinner every night, which was amazing. That's true. I, I never thought sleep. about that. That's a pretty yeah, good it, deal, actually. Yeah, it actually worked out great. I loved it. Otherwise, I would have never talked to him, but I got to talk to him every day. It was amazing. It was, it was the strangest. I saw them six days in the seven months I was gone physically, but, um, 
but I never really felt that far away from them because I feel like I'm doing a commercial for Apple. Because um, <laughs> we pretty much FaceTimed every night, and uh, I got to see that, or every morning for me, and got to sit with them for dinner and hear about their days and everything else. So I never felt that far away from them. It was kind of amazing. I would do that, and while they were eating dinner, I'd be prepping for the next day, but still be there. So it was awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, that was, that's that was, pretty awesome. It was it was a great part of shooting, but yeah, most people hated the nights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about the locations because those were 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 very interesting. I'm going to try to talk as much about the film without necessarily spoiling the story too much, especially the ending. But <laughs> but I do want to talk about uh, about those locations because they were just fabulous really really interesting but let's how did how did janelle come on board on the project um after we had got back sorry janelle go ahead no you go (laughs) you go uh, i can make it short and sweet if you want to sorry jonathan there's a little bit of a lag um i was actually on a man called Otto, which was a sort of another invisible vfx film and i was working with louise rosner who was uh, one of the main producers, EPs on the show, and Chad's sort of right-hand woman. And she um, she brought me on in post. And so when Jonathan was segueing off in, in post, um, they're actually doing post at MBS, which is two miles from my house. Mm-hmm. And she she was like, yeah, the only bad part is that the post is at MBS and who wants to drive to Manhattan beach? I was like, I do. That's amazing. So, you know, that was like a huge perk that it was so close to my house. And, um, yeah, so it was, uh, we, we did a huge download and, um, you know, and I, I sort of ran with it in, in post and, um, you know, Jonathan, if you want to add anything. No, I mean, yeah, and then I transitioned out because uh, I came back up to San Francisco where I live and then um, hung around a little bit just to, in case Janelle needed me or it, um, for the uh, reshoots. And and then she handled post pretty much. Yeah, awesome. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, this is uh, this is really cool. I mean, the, 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 the like I said, the movie itself was, was really well constructed. I, lo- I, I loved... Th- the progression that they've made in this film starting actually in these films, I'm going to say the first one was very seemed like a very little indie film and it just mm-hmm. got crazier and crazier as you go. And this one is just the crescendo to me. That is the perfect ending to this last John wick three was really great. And I love talking about that. I actually had Rob Niederhorst on to talk about that one. So this is a, a good sort of, uh, uh, I th- called Rob and I did? was like, so what do you think? You know, is this a good gig? And he was just like, I think he was sort of like, how could I get that gig? <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, and he was, he just loves Chad. I don't, well, he, no, he just, um, he was already off and doing something else. Right. So I don't think he could, yeah. you could tell that his wheels, like he, he, he basically had um, such a, a good time with, uh, with Chad. I mean, it's, it's funny cause it's um, by the end of it, I got to say, I felt a little bit like John Wick, like everyone, you know, and, and Chad loves it. He like looks at you and he's like, how you doing today? And he knows you haven't slept and he knows, you know, and he sort of, uh, uh, thrives off of that, of, right. um, you know, just striving for the perfection. And yeah, so, but Rob and Rob knows that, um, you know, I like directors who 
know what they want and, you know, um, I'm kind of in it sometimes for the pain of it all. And he, uh, so he recommended, you know, that it was a good job to take, but yeah. Yeah. Rob goes way back. We go way back with Rob too. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to break down my interests into the different, different locations, which are the different sections. It's obviously the first part is the New York section, which is uh, a little bit of an introduction to what's going to happen. But the, really, when things really start up is when we go to Japan. <laughs> and that Japan sequence was, was pretty spectacular. So tell us a little bit about wor- working on that, on that sequence in Japan or uh, all of that stuff going on in Japan. <laughs> um, well, shooting-wise, that was, that was actually the first stuff we shot was in the hotel um, okay. was, uh, and on the rooftop. All that was the first sequence we ended up shooting. And, um, you know, it, like most shoots, it starts off fairly mellow. But once we jumped, the first fight sequence we really shot was in the uh, glass uh, exhibit room. Yep. And uh, it, it was pretty crazy because it was the first time I had shot on a John Wick film. And it, um, it was, I wasn't prepared for how intense the action fighting is, especially for Keanu, because he does all of it, all of his fighting. And wow. I, I just remember he the, the first beat he does goes on forever. He just keeps fighting and fighting and fighting. They keep bringing in more guys, and he's he's more fighting moves. And, and it was just insanity. And he would finish he, as soon as Chad would call cut. And I thought Keanu was going to die. I mean, he was, he was working so hard, and he would just go back over – to his uh, his seat and just sit there and stare at the ground and be sweating and just uh, and panning and then and then we'd change a few things and fix a few things and Chad would say back at it and he would just get up and go again and wow. uh, I, I really I was at, at that first day I just wasn't sure Keanu was going to make it it would just look so hard but <laughs> that guy's an animal he really is it was pretty amazing um, it was yeah and, so I, that I, was, I bet I mean. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I was, (laughs) yeah, it's a funny thing on our shoot because we don't have any, we didn't have any second unit when we shot because Keanu does all of his fighting. So there is no real second unit. There's no doubles or anything like that for the most part. They did um, some stunts, but for the most, like Keanu did all of his own driving too. So you didn't have a second unit for that either because uh, we had a brief five day second unit shoot and that was it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's all first unit. It's all with Chad. You're all together all the time. Um, and you, you just feel very insulated in that world. And as you do on film sets anyway, but, uh, in this one in particular, cause you're not jumping back and forth between first unit and second unit. It was actually great as a visual effects person. Cause some of the hardest parts about being on set is when first unit and second unit are going at the same time and you have responsibilities on both and right. you, you're constantly running back and forth or you're, or you have somebody helping you, but you're constantly checking and overseeing what's happening there as well. And then, you know, second unit, a lot of times will shoot, you'll shoot during the week and second unit will pick up on a Saturday or Sunday because it's a different unit, but, but you work at both. So you're working seven days instead of five days or six days. Right. So it was, it was, it was a great reprieve for as far as uh, um, visual effects goes, um, which was awesome. But the, then, uh, uh, you know, uh, can I add to the museum room before you move on? Because that's the the glass of it all is sort of um, it's a like 
John Wick 3 on steroids, right? So right. visual effects added, uh, Atomic Arts worked on that, and they added um, lots of glass breaking, every hit, every muzzle flash, every, you know. So if you're, if you're listening to just the dailies, it's like, Bam, 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 bam. Because the stunt guys actually, you know, say it because it's part of their choreography. It's like you can hear, right. you know, that's what it that's what it looks like. There's, you know, there's no hits, there's no muzzle flash, no blood hits. Um, even a lot of the the cases, uh, as Jonathan can attest to, were glass cases that we put in in CG. So, you know, visual effects is really enhancing those scenes. I mean, along with sound, obviously, it's hugely important, but to really like bring the whole thing together into the cinematic experience. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, and yeah. I'm assuming there wasn't much green screen or blue screen either because with all that, no. if there's reflection, <laughs> it doesn't work, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. it was, and as a practice, uh, Chad and the DP are not huge fans of it anyway, so this is probably the most rotocentric show I've ever seen. But um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, it's it, it's a pretty amazing process. I, I, there's so many unique processes they did on this movie that they've honed in on, but it was a great experience for me in terms of how to shoot action and then uh, how they go about it. So um, something also I'm sure Janelle can test to is, but in post, the way they do it is it all those sequences first go to sound. Sound determines all of the uh, the the gunshots and the hits, and then that comes back, and then we started adding... Um, Adding all the muzzle flashes and blood hits to the sound, as opposed to any other. In the past, I've dealt with where visual effects does the work and then sound adheres to what the visual effects does. But they work in the opposite direction, and the sound kind of determines all of that, which is which was the sound puts little dots. So they'll just put little black and white dots. You know, the the second a and um, that goes to our visual effects editor or our in-house artist. Visual effects editor um, Maddie or Huey, our in-house artist, would you know temp in all of the, um, all, everything. And Chad is very meticulous about his temps. Like if it, if the temp doesn't, if it can't preview in a way, he'd rather have a blue screen in there, for instance, than have a background or a comp that looks like a comp and takes the audience out in any way. Mm -hmm. So the temps like are mind blowing, you know, when he was first showing me some of the footage, he was like, Oh, and this is shit. And this is shit. And I'm like, that looks great. Sorry. Excuse my cussing. Yeah, okay. But he, you know, he's, he's just, I was like, these temps are amazing, you know, um, coming from another studio that I was at. And, um, and I was uh, kind of blown away by what the, the little system that they put together. And it's so great because then the vendors have these templates, you know, and it's like you don't it's they just don't have to, um, you know, I mean, the, he, he liked them to add to the vendors if they had ideas, but it made it really um, streamlined that we would give them the templates um, from, you know, uh, Ryan and Matt, our VFX editors, and they could just layer in the pieces. And yeah, it, it helped things a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and to what Janelle had said earlier, um, one of the great things about Chad is he's he's very confident and knows what he wants. And he, he's just visually very clear. It was the same way we were shooting and prepping. But um, but so it, it really makes it easy to try and work out what you need to resolve as far as visual effects goes, because you're going to get an answer of either this is shit or um, or that looks good. Keep working on it. <laughs> but, um, right. but he, he, he's never going to go back and, and, and kind of change his mind. He, he's usually pretty confident about what he wants to see. And, and therefore, um, you have a pretty clear understanding of what your goals are in any given sequence, which was 
which is super helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I yeah, think, and, you know, and, uh, uh, go ahead. I was say that, and one last thing, just going back to the, um, the exhibition room, which, which also ended up being consistent with a lot of the sets we dealt with, um, which is the lighting is crazy in all of our sequences. Um, and, uh, and it, it, it was really hard to figure out ways to track all the lighting for CG while we were shooting because it was constantly being changed con and the, and it's constantly moving in all the shots. So how, figuring out how to track all of the moving lighting and much to Janelle chagrin in some of my processes. <laughs> um, uh, it was just it was it was it was a it was a very unique environment in terms of uh, how to manage the uh, light uh, tracking for all the different sequences in the movie because they were all just, just no sequence had a, a static light ever <laughs> or a static color you know right it was it was pretty it was pretty nuts I mean it, it and if there's one thing that Chad and Dan Lauston, the DP, can do is make beautiful frames, and they really know how to do it. So you, you can't argue with it. You just have to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, like especially, you know, you move from the museum room um, back and forth up to the rooftop of yeah. the, the hotel, and that um, rodeo did that scene. And, you know, they built Osaka off in the background, and they there was a big, you know, sign that was just a huge up on top of the rooftop. And... Um, that's so that's CG, the, mm -hmm. the sign that's up there. And I think that it, it turned out pretty well, uh, but the lights are always undulating. You know, those lights are just going and there's, you know, um, Akira is in front of the lights with all of her hair and everything, you know, I mean, it's uh, one of those things that you, yeah, it, the frame looks beautiful, but then you're like, but I have to put CG in there, you know? And so yeah. it, it gets a little bit tricky, but it I think that, um, yeah, it went, it went really well though, and the I the no, rooftop I... fight is so amazing because um, it it's another one of those where it's like those hits, um, it, you know, it's like the concrete just explodes. You know, it was so fun. It's like you know you're hitting the trees, you're hitting the vases, you're hitting the concrete. You know, and um, you know just imagine like the stunt pads even and the reconstruction that right. goes into even removing stunt pads throughout the film with these undulating lights and you know it's everything is sort of amped up you know to get it to be in there seamlessly yeah yeah we, yeah that's incredible we did a lot of um when we would have to shoot cleans for any pads or anything like that well we, and i don't know how much it helped but what we would try to do is is uh, uh you would have to it wasn't like you could just move the pads and do a quick clean plate you had to uh sit there and let all the lights cycle all the way through anytime you um, did anything because you just didn't know what lighting scenario you were matching to at any time because it, you didn't know which cut they were going to use, which, you know, part of the shot they were going to use. So you just had to always have cycles of lights everywhere. It was, it was pretty crazy. And, and to, to Janelle's credit that, you know, that it looks so seamless and the, everything fits in there so beautifully and it, it all works. But that's one of the sequences where you just don't realize how complicated that sequence really was because it was, it was, it was, it was hard for sure. I am, I am almost positive. I am aware of how complicated that is and it does look seamless. Uh, it's kind of a magic trick to be honest, uh, the whole thing that you guys pulled that off because there must've been so many balls in the air to try to manage that. Um, it's, uh, it, 
the vendors did a an amazing job as well. It's not it's not easy when you have a director who's such a perfectionist. Right. You know the amount of uh, you know every you think oh it's just a muzzle flash, you know, but it's like every single muzzle flash is no way. Yeah, it's a piece of art. It's like every frame, every pixel of every frame is really scrutinized in a way that I. Uh, very much respect, respect. Um, Chad has a great eye and he, he knows, you know, what he wants. And, um, you know, the muzzle flashes are interesting because he doesn't want them to light the frame, but you have to light that frame a little bit as we know, or else it looks like a sticker. And right. so it's really this fine line of like adding a little bit of like light so that it sits in there, but having it fall off just perfectly so that it doesn't, you know, so the whole frame isn't just flashing all the time, which is what, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like you to change the lighting in the frame at all. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a delicate balance. For sure. For sure. He's well, very married to every frame he shot. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I, I don't want, uh, I know we have a limited amount of time and I want to make sure we get through all of my favorite parts because Berlin was one of my favorites. I loved the Berlin sequence. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Berlin, Jonathan. The nightclub um, inside? Both. <laughs> all of it. I loved all of Berlin. I liked the church. I liked everything. Because there's a lot of Berlin that was shot in Berlin and Jonathan can talk about it that ended up not being Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like for instance, Osaka was Berlin. It was, oh, we okay. shot that. We shot, we shot that, uh, that the hotel we shot in a place called the ICC in Berlin, which is this old um, uh, conference center, this, this really kind of strange looking, futuristic, weird conference center. Um, Interesting. And we turned, we turned that into a hotel. Um, but and then we actually shot on uh, the rooftop of that building for the rooftop scene, and then uh, and then of course in post we added the uh, the Osaka city skyline as well as the sign um, on it. But um, but yeah, so Berlin Berlin doubled as Osaka, Berlin doubled as um, Paris, Berlin doubled or it was Berlin, um, and it also was New York. So we we did a lot of the film in Berlin to double for the other areas of that's amazing um, of the world. Yeah, which again goes back to the seamless work they they did and posted. You just don't realize that we were almost talk about the um, <laughs> talk about the nightclub because uh, the. I know that it brought me back to my raver days and it was, it yeah. was pretty fun to be, uh, you know, it, it, the, the waterfalls, I was just like, these guys are crazy. Cause it's like, we're adding waterfalls, but then there's so much water that was already being in. And when, you know, Jonathan and I did the handoff, Jonathan's like, so there's, we're enhancing this water. It was this big thing where we were like enhancing water that was already there. And it was something that we paired back on because it was like, do this VFX really need to enhance it? Cause this is effing nuts that you guys did this <laughs> like already yeah. Keanu's sitting there like having this you know it's like tons of water beating down on him while he's fighting this guy and you can imagine it's 4 a.m and it's like it, it's crazy and it's like do we really need to enhance it and it was like maybe we don't you know maybe like we'll just do the waterfalls on the side which one of us did and they right. did a beautiful job but um the some of the shooting in that club was just crazy but, yeah it was pretty amazing and Gerd who's the uh, effects guy is, is just a genius and Basically, the ground we were fighting on down there is six feet above the actual ground level of that place. And, uh, and underneath us, they, there are these slabs, and then underneath us is a giant pool 
that's collecting all the water and then redistributing it back up above us and dropping it back down on us again. So he had built this whole system, which was insane. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, we did all that fighting inside that, that place. And it was, it was, everybody's wet. It's, it's all night long with the, and, and the, the, uh, extras there who are the, the Berlin people are just dancing nonstop. I mean, those guys were awesome. That was the best part. I love the fact that they're dancing while people are killing each other next to oh, them. Yeah. It's just yeah. the best part. And it never uh, gets old. It, no, like watching, no, watching the extras, it, it, like in watching the dailies and looking at shots. It's like, it never gets old. You find somebody new every time you're like, look at that person. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's a couple of them in there. You're like, you're getting your, there's a couple of them knew how to get in shots too, which was funny. But, uh, yeah. Um, that, yeah, it was, those guys were amazing. We, they, we would pump the music was happening the entire time. So, you know, it was just that music was driving the, he had already kind of pre-scored that scene so that we, we had shot to the beat of that music. And, um, so there was, it was just all night long, night after night, you got that music driving your head, you're wet the whole time they're fighting in it. And, you know, we do a, in visual effects, we would handle all of the axe extensions, the blade extensions, the blood, the shooting, and everything like that. But uh, but they were really going at it, and it was uh, it was pretty incredible. Um, it was it was fun. We also shot one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which isn't heavy visual effects, but uh, is the poker scene. Um, we right. shot that in there, uh, in another part of that building. But um, which was a really cool sequence, and the lighting was just amazing. But um, it was uh, that was fun, and then uh, Chris out there in the, in the fat suit, uh, which was Chad's so funny when we when we were first talking about it, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna just have this big fat guy, and he's gonna be huge, and he's gonna be, and he's but he's gonna be badass, and 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 uh, um, and, and we're like, but it's gonna be soaking wet on him the whole time. He's like, yeah, I'll be fine, and uh, but we did it. It was it was awesome. It was the makeup. It was amazing. We didn't do oh, one incredible. touch up on the makeup around Scott yeah. Atkins. So the, the, the makeup and suit was pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Scott was amazing when too, I, because he would just stay in character the whole time. And so whenever you talk to him, he talked to you like he was Kilo. So it was great, but, but his personality. So it was just, it was amazing. It was a really fun sequence to do um, for sure. He was, he was the most, one of the most interesting people because I love the poker scene. You just did not expect him to be a fighter, right? And you just looked at yeah. him as just some big weird fat guy, right? That's you know kind of like the, the 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 Baron in Dune, right? And, <laughs> and then suddenly he just turns into this monster, and I was like, oh my god, this is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you know, he, it, it's crazy. But if you've ever seen the guy, he's he's just a crazy fit fighter. So right. <laughs> So he, he's just, he's so fast. It's just amazing. And the fact that he could stay that fast in that suit, which is not, a, you know, the crazy part, that suit's not only big on him, but it's also soaking wet. So right. it was, he was really talented. It was good. And Scott was amazing for sure. Um, and, That's you know, incredible. a funny thing that you can, uh, that again, another kind of little John Wick secret is that all the stunt guys, they, the way they do it is they start out and they all have they've been all grouped all through prep they all have to they're not allowed to cut their hair and they grow all their beards and they all start more woolly and then as you go through the the movie because they're all the same guys you start 
they start shaving, they start cutting their hair, they start wearing, you know, hats and different clothes like that. But it, they, you know, they, there was whole, this thing where um, there was a, a little bit of pride for the guys who were able to be killed 50 times in the movie. And there, there were a couple of them that were killed at least 50 times. Uh, but they're just out there, just the nonstop, just fighting and killing. And it, it was it, those those stunt guys are incredible. They really are. Yeah. Yeah, the stunt team was definitely uh, pretty pretty impressive. And it's got to got to say, the stunt coordination was pretty impressive as well. Some of it felt really long. It's like, how long are they going to be fighting? This is insane. Uh, but it was uh, it was still uh, quite spectacular uh, at that for sure. Um, Okay, I, I, like I said, I want to make sure we get through all of it, and we can always go back if we still have some time, but let's talk about Paris a little bit. Um, one of my uh, favorite things about Paris, I'm going to go out, and <laughs> is the, 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 the sequence around uh, the Arte de Triomphe, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and here's why, there's a legendary story about my dad around 1959. He drove around the Arte de Triomphe 12 times backwards at two o'clock in the morning in a de cheval. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) One time for every boulevard that enters the Arc de Triomphe. So, because there's 12 boulevards. (laughs) So, yes, apparently him and his friends were doing that. And I saw that sequence. I was like, oh, you have to see the film. It's it's, it's the story of you doing that crazy stunt on the Arc de Triomphe. That's so funny. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So how was how was um, that done? Obviously, that's a much more complicated. It must have much more complicated CG in that. What was the execution of that of that of that car sequence and the shooting a sequence in that? Well, we Can actually start, shot that. What's that, Janelle? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just said yeah. You go ahead and talk about the shoot. Yeah, um, we actually we shot that in uh, in an an abandoned airport in Berlin. Okay. So we. we yeah, we set up we set we we set up um, the set to match all the dimensions of uh, the arc, and then uh, and the roundabout, um, and we had gone and scouted it and, and tried to, to match it as closely as we could, um, and then uh, and uh, you know and, and Dan did it figured out the lighting that he specifically wanted for the sequence. But, um, and then we were out there training and working out all the details all throughout prep. That was one of the more highly prepped sequences we had in the film from a visual effects standpoint. Um, because uh, what we had done is Keanu is always driving and um, he has, there'd be cones out there for him to drive in certain lanes. And then the other cars that were driving past him or interacting had their lanes that they drove in. So everybody's safe. And then visual effects would add in other a lot of the other cars, um, you know, and all the traffic and everything else. But um, but the uh, but most of the the hits you see are are all live. We had another part because once they get out of the cars, Chad wanted them to fight in the streets, and he wanted uh, people to get hit by cars. But you know, you, you can't have people really even stumbling hit by cars at any real speed. They'll they'll just get too injured so what um we designed was um these uh sleds that had the um but with cushions had the front profile of different cars and then um we would have them fight inside in between the different sleds and um as they would be fighting you know kiana would throw a guy and then 
Um, and then why he would throw the, the guy, uh, you know, we'd have a sled come by and the guy would get slammed right into the sled and go flying off of it. And then we would later replace the sled with a CG car. And one of the, one of the first things we found out about when we initially did it, <laughs> did it, that we had our first night test and we immediately realized we had from something we had missed was that the sleds needed headlights on them, uh, which we hadn't initially anticipated. And then as soon as I saw it at night, it was, uh, my first thought was, oh my God, these, these guys aren't getting lit up by cars. It's going to look very strange. And I didn't want to have to do that in CG. So we came up with a way to get uh, lights on these sleds, which is more complicated than you would think because then they have to give them power and all this other stuff. Um, right. The, the simplest things in movies can get very complicated because right. when you want something to operate exactly the way you want it to operate over and over, it's, it, it's, it, it's just a complicated process. So, um, so that was, that was a big thing we discovered while we were first testing it. But, um, but, uh, Jeremy Moranis, who did all the choreography for all the fighting, it was, it was the guys going in between the cars and falling down the cars and, and, um, and shooting and, and, uh, getting hit and it, all that was, uh, was pretty spectacular. And, um, and then, and then we would, and then GERD would have the car system, the sled system. We had it so, <laughs> we made it so that the cars were front on, facing on both ends, so we could bring the cars back and forth as we, uh, as the hits were happening, in case we wanted cars coming the other way. Um, but it, it, you know, you get the, those fight sequences get pretty violent out there when they're getting hit by those, uh, those cars, and those, those stunt guys are just badass. And then we, we had built um, out there this. Um, it was almost like a uh, tumbling mat or deck that you would see in a tumbling competition. So when the guys hit the ground, it was actually softer and they, they, they would, it would be an easier fall for them to hit on. Um, but that's cool. And I think we, we did a little bit of digital double takeover that Janelle can talk to. But, um, but for the most part, you know, all those guys are out there getting hit and flying and they're, they're doing those stunts. And one of the scarier ones was there's this shot where... Um, uh, John Wick gets thrown into a car that is like a van that comes to a skidding halt as he gets thrown into it um, yeah. by Chidi, and uh, that was that was Keanu's double, and uh, who's this this French guy is just so badass. But when he slammed into that thing, we we couldn't believe it. it was just it looked so painful. But he just got up and he's like, "Do we need to go again?" <laughs> he's he's just crazy. Wow. But. Um, uh, but yeah, that was spectacular. There was nothing CG about that. He just got slammed into that car. Yeah, I have and, a, I actually have a funny story about that one at the 11th oh, yeah, hour. Like, I think the reel was already, like, we were done, done, done. And we're watching that shot in DI. And all of a sudden we were like, oh my God, the dent is already there. Because he'd done oh, multiple it was take takes. three. Yeah. And we were like, three. shit, <laughs> you know? And so we, you know, our in-house artists worked on top of Rodeo's plate and, you know, made the van, you know, um, patched in a piece of the van and made it dent when he hits. But it's kind of amazing. And That's it's funny because when you're talking about some of the sleds, I guess, is, um, I'm picturing, like, there's a lot of CG, you know, in, in the... Yeah, I, don't, it, don't let me take away from it. I mean, it's shot in Berlin No, no, well, what I was going to say, oh, Jonathan, is what... there's cars yeah. everywhere. And <laughs> what I was going to say is, um, Chris, it kind of reminds me of like Zodiac. Oh, right. Back in the day, it was like, you know, you have these practical plates and locations, but then you're actually adding in a lot of CG to transport you into a different world. Right. And so it was really important 
that we took these, you know, this beautiful footage that was shot, but it wasn't at the ARC and that we put it in the ARC. And, um, you know, you couldn't go all CG because you needed to keep the lighting that they had in Berlin. You need as much as possible. Um, that said, the ARC is obviously much more lit up and the cobblestone is not concrete, you know, but Chad wants to keep the breaking glass and the tires and as do we. We don't want to, like, recreate all that in CG. So right. Rodeo did a... Um, uh, a cool little tool where they mix in the concrete um, mixed with the CG. As you see, if you like, I, I took a quick two day trip to the arc and it, it's like when there's a pothole and it's like, it used to be cobblestone, but now they patched it with some concrete. Like we did a lot of that. Like there was a right. lot of that so that we could actually salvage the practical, um, the practical plates. And I, and then I do picture there, there are some where it's pretty funny because um, it's like the green screen covered cars, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have your headlights on the green screen covered cars. And so the whole the plate itself is pretty funny because it's like Keanu's, you know, ducking and diving these cars, but they're these green screen cars, you know. And so the, the and, you know, it's just in this dark Berlin, you know, um, environment. And, you know, once you put like the beautiful arc in there and then the real cars and there wasn't a lot of that, you know, but there, there were some, um, uh, you know, heavy, heavy CG shots and it's it's pretty fun to sort of marry the two like this really cool stunt work and lighting and photography you know mixed in with like some pretty epic cg environments you know for sure and jonathan real real quick i mean with something all of these sequences obviously but something like that was there a ton of previs done that was that would help guide how this all was going to be done yeah the we didn't do a ton like for um for the initial part of the driving sequence, for the driving sequence when he first comes into uh, the arc and then drives around the arc, um, yeah. we'd actually we started out by uh, myself and Scott Rogers, who was the second unit director, uh, working out the car shots and the hits um, and the driving with little matchbox cars, and we would set up just our camera, little iPhone cameras, and kind of angle out shots. And then we would hand that over to the previs guys, and then they would work out a sequence based on the shots we were kind of figuring out with our matchbox cars. Uh, and that's how that's kind of the language we had built with the uh, uh, the previs guys. But uh, but um, once once they get out of the cars um, and start fighting, uh, Jeremy and his team they film all of their prep so that they do a previs of their own, but all a stunt previs. So, um, yeah, stuff is. So they, they have that all worked out, um, in advance and then, and then Chad will look at it and then Chad on the day will say no and changes everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, uh, which like is procedure. <laughs> um, okay. but, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, you know, it, it was really fun trying to just, if Chad has way, everything would be in camera all the time. So it was, it was fun for me trying to figure out how many things we could get in camera that in post, uh, the visual effects facilities, uh, could peel off of to use as part of the shot and the information so that it felt as real as possible. And, and, you know, and Janelle and, and, and Rodeo did an awesome job of, of pulling that off. And I, you know, what we, Janelle and I were talking about, uh, couple weeks ago which is 
uh, of all the ruse and everything else, it's wonderful to see that not one time did somebody mention anything about visual effects and the Arc de Triomphe because they just bought it and nobody really questioned it. And that was amazing because that's all you can ask for in these types of visual effects and what the type I love to do. And I think Janelle as well, where yeah. somebody saying nothing about your work is the perfect compliment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think the best visual effects is when people don't even realize there are visual effects, right? So, yeah. And, and uh, I, as, as Janelle pointed out in a different article, how many, how many shots was it in the end? Uh, over 1,500. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a heavy visual effects movie. It just, I'm our sure. goal is that nobody knows it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's for sure. I think, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't, if the, if the, if it's a beautiful frame and it's an amazing story and you're, and you're engaged in what's being shown to you rather than saying that looks CG, then you've lost. Right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a way to make it all work together. And I think that I think they succeeded very well in that story. I want to go a little bit more into Paris. Obviously Paris is a very important part of the sequence. Uh, there's a lot of really beautiful locations where they have their discussions about the the, uh, the duel, et cetera, that were supposed to happen. Uh, uh, I got to say, there was uh, when the theaters, there was a guy behind me. He kept just ooing and eyeing over the, the the bad guys' suits. He's like, I want every one of those suits. Like he was <laughs> so excited about the suits. He's like, Oh my god, he looks amazing. I want every one of his suits. But the uh, but anyway, they were talking a lot, and there's these beautiful shots in Paris that are there. Now, obviously, with the rise of virtual production, it happened a lot. Was there any virtual production, or how was how were some of those things executed? No, we discussed virtual production early on, but again. Um, Chad and Dan are pretty adamant about being in the locations. Um, they, they, they're very location heavy when they shoot. They, they, Chad hates sets, doesn't okay. want to do virtual. It despises green screen. Um, right. So uh, it was very little green screen work done uh, as a stage work, that is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... Uh, you know, they, that was one of the coolest things about being on this movie is getting to go scout this movie and see all these incredible locations. And, and, you know, for all the ones that we shot at, we saw four other ones that were equally as amazing. Um, so we, uh, we really, you know, were it, the vast majority of those locations in Paris, we were in Paris for five weeks, I think six weeks. Um, wow. And, uh, and we, you know, we shot at the Trocadero, which eventually we did have to do work on because um, they were doing construction on the back on the back side of it. So there was this big wall up blocking the lower half of the Eiffel Tower. And um, and then uh, we ended up. And then you had to make a walkway for the people. So you put blue over yeah. on the left, too. So here you are at the Trocadero and then you're forced to put up a blue screen here, blue screen over there, you know. Right. And so we're just having to. Put back in what was really there. Yeah, wow. it, was a, it was a one half blue box. <laughs> <laughs> one but, half blue box. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, but uh, but it was still. I mean, you're in there in the lighting and the in the in the feel of the place, and it it was pretty amazing. Even down to we got lucky where you know he gets up and all these birds go flying, and those were just the birds on that we had had on set just happened to fly up when he got up at that mm. very moment. So it was perfect. <laughs> Poetic. It was amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And, and then, and then the uh, um, 
also interesting and you know, I, I heard you know we were we saw you know we had the Eiffel Tower in the background and when we were on set we just thought it looked so cool that it was so different and interesting because half the Eiffel Tower was in fog uh, when we shot there and Chad and I had this long discussion about keeping that look because it was so unique and different and we thought it'd be kind of cool change and then uh, you know Janelle I'll let you finish the story <laughs> oh uh, the first preview there was actually a handful of people who were like why didn't you finish the visual effect on the Eiffel Tower like they thought that we it was an unfinished visual effect oh, and that's why it was cut off <laughs> so what we ended up doing was putting the Eiffel Tower back on top because uh, he didn't he didn't want it to take away from the yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. that was happening so it was pretty funny <laughs> so, that's smart though I mean that's yeah. true I can understand that when people start doing that then they get confused and then you're like yeah that's not gonna work so, no. so we added the yeah. tip to the Eiffel Tower yeah yeah it's just funny that that we it was we had to add visual effects just because people thought it was fake <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So my, my son, who is uh, 13, went to go see the movie before I did. Uh, and he was so excited uh, when he saw it. And I said, okay, well, you know, he says, he says are you going to go see it? I said, yes. I says, I'm gonna, when you get back, I'm going to tell you my favorite part. And I said, okay. And so his favorite part, he thought it was just incredible, was the fight scene in the apartment where the the camera goes up over and you see the, this long take over that huge fight from that POV. That was based on everything you're telling me. Now I'm assuming that was all practical. <laughs> there was two shots, the top shot, yeah, as we call it. And um, it was also rodeo, but does your son like video games? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's based off of Hong Kong massacre as uh, was Chad's inspiration. And it's just, stuff blowing up everywhere and so jonathan can speak to the shoot but i know in post it became we'd be like that's cool you know and in-house and vfx editors had added in all their temps and chad would just be like more 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 you know and so at the end of the day i think that rodeo you know between they they blew up bread loaves and papers and you know added in there was mirror yeah mirror frames that didn't have mirrors in them and so we had to reflect the entire room and actually reflect a digi double john wick at times like when he breaks it and then of course the dragon's breath itself um which is the you know the actual ammo being fired it just destructs everything so it's like the walls are getting blown up the guys are lighting on fire um and jonathan can speak to it but one cool thing that they did was they always would ground things in reality by like there actually was a dude who got lit on fire you know and so that it was like it has to always look as good as that you know you always have this like you know some crazy guy like got blown up and that was like our, you could tell the story because I don't even know the story, but it's like, that's what we had to match to for like a year, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we were, you know, it's, again, going back to the, just trying to make sure we had everything we could in camera as often as we could. And, um, you know, I'm always fearful of people on fire in CG. It's 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 probably one of the harder things to do in CG. And, and so, uh was really adamant about us trying to get somebody on fire on set um, while we were shooting it, which Chad was perfectly happy to do. Um, so, um, so yeah. And, and then, you know, it, it was just funny. Yeah, we, we tried to get fire in there. We could, and then 
the knowing there was another part where we we put uh, we had these light tubes that we had on there and and that you could you could uh, dial in whatever lighting you want. So we would have people with uh, uh, at times the guy on fire. We when we he wasn't on fire, we would just for interactive lighting as a pass, we would put the tubes around his hanging out around his neck and then we would have them cycling a, a fire looking cycle so that at least you could see the environment kind of have the moving light of the interactivity of the firelight that was going on at the time. Uh, just trying to throw as much inset as possible and and you know and it that that set was super cool. It was one of my favorite sets because it was really we 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 looked at a long time at at the um, Hong Kong Massacre game just to kind of see how 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 why it works so well and uh so um spent a lot of they spent a lot of time designing what each floor patch was going to look like so that it would properly contrast what was happening above and trying not to have any floor that was like there were no black floors because you didn't want john wick's suit to you know kind of blend into the ground and then Uh, and then we would add as many obstacles in there as we could and put as many elements in there as we could that knowing that later on when they did get blown away and blown up by the um, either Dragon's Breath or just the guns, that we would have things in there that were there to interact with it. And then um, another thing we tried to do is create several times where he could uh, jump up on things vertically or go down so that trying to build in at least this this different... Um, this change in heights as we're going through that because the fear was it would just feel like it would just feel flat the whole time. So right. we, we kept on trying to do things to change the elevations. So at least there'd be kind of some shift in elevation while he was walking through. Like he jumps on a table at one point or jumps on the piano, um, but really trying to create this dynamic environment in what is a very static flat shot really. Um, and creating as many things to blow up as possible. <laughs> you know? And was it, it was uh, it was I mean for, for Janelle? I mean, did you did you get like some lidar? Like that's a pretty complicated set. You have to recreate all of these things. Oh in yeah, there. I mean yeah. there was lidar. There was, um, and we ended up stitching together. It was actually three takes that were stitched together. Okay. Um, the, the wire cam you've probably shot with those before, but they're yeah. pretty repeatable, but they're not totally repeatable. Right. And so you're always, it's not like it's motion control. So you're, you know, it's, it's having to futz a few things together. Um, it was, there was a, a lot of set data for that and a lot of assets built. I mean, and I think the effect simulations alone, there were hundreds. And mm-hmm. it, it was one of those, there was two shots. Rodeo did one and then Pixamundo had to do the other. Okay. And so not only is it just a super complicated shots that were going until the very, very end, but we had two different vendors who had to, you know, match looks of elements um, in two different pipelines. So that was a bit tricky, but um, there was a lot of sharing going on and we had like a you know, three-way text with me, Javier, and Carlo, just like, hey, did you get this? Because we were just constantly passing back and forth, you know, until the bitter end. Right. And it was um, it was one of those shots because it's just thousands of frames, the big one, that, you know, we even had our in-house team going in and, it, like, all of us at the end were just frame by framing and going, oh, shit, that blood is going over, you know, the table, you know, and we would, like, go and patch it. I mean, we were doing little patchworks on that shot until the very end because there was just so much that you know chad kept wanting to add and add and add to get that the the vibe that you know he got in the end which was really intense sure 
Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and that that cable camp system was pretty rough as it, on on its own. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I I definitely fell for you guys because that, that was not easy uh, getting those. It, there were some frustrating nights trying to get those uh, cable cams to do what they were supposed to do. That is for sure. Right. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's hanging there. <laughs> it's not exactly steady, right? Yeah, it's the tension isn't tight now, so it'll bounce a little bit at times, and then to, and then it was it was it was not repeatable at all, really. I mean, it was right. very much hand driven, so. Uh, there was no mechanics to it, so it was basically the driver trying to repeat the move each time, and those systems are are a little wonky. So it was, it was, I, I felt bad Lo-fi. for you guys on that one. No, knowing Lo-fi it was going to be amazing in the end, it was it was rough. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, I definitely will. I will tell my my son all about it when he comes back. So. Uh, he'll be very excited to hear that. Okay, now let's talk that was about actually, the stairs. By the way, that was actually one of our few stages. Right, I assume that. I assume yeah. that. Yeah, that's really incredible uh, that to realize that you guys shot so much on these locations. Well, what about the stairs? Was that the real? That was the stairs. <laughs> that was the stairs. That was really it the was. stairs. Wow, I've yeah. walked those stairs and many, that, many that, times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the double, who's again this French guy, he did fall down those stairs all the way. <laughs> I mean, it oh was pretty God. insane. Really? Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. They should release the, the take because the, the visual effects that were done were, you know, pad removals and pad removals, you know, maybe a face, you know, for a couple frames, but it's yeah. like the actual take it, it, there should totally be a Oscar for best stunt and that would get it. I mean, it's just like yeah. mind blowing. You're just like, ow, how is he okay? But you can't, you I know? mean, so there must have been some because like when you see him falling out of the building onto a truck, I mean, that's. <laughs> well, that well, no, so that guy. when he jumps out of the building is pretty amazing because the actual take is this dude jumping out. I don't know if it's Vincent or not, um, Jonathan, but it, he jumps out of the window, it's, it's, whatever it, yeah. it is, four stories. And, and uh, he just jumps into some boxes. Like, yeah, you're just like, how is he alive? And then we just put in the, but you know, it's actually beautiful. It was such an easy, and I, I say easy because, but um, I'm sure that, you know, Pix and Mundo put, did a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this one, but you know, they really just spliced the two takes together and you know, it, it worked beautifully. It's one of those things where it's like, wow, that's like visual effects magic, you know, when, um, Absolutely. when yeah. Pixel put those two pieces yep. together and you know, uh, you see what it originally was. Everyone, yeah, everyone in the theater went like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy because we, we had Vincent jump out the window and then he lands uh-huh. into it. I, this was new for me. You know, they used to do pads, but what they, right. they, they just, but the, uh, the, the new concept for the stunt guys was they just take a bunch of boxes and they fill them with another box. And then they, they, they just put boxes down everywhere and they say that's better. So he just jumps into boxes, and buy cardboard boxes, uh, which is nuts that he's that's jumping strange. three stories down in this concert. And then after we got it, everybody runs out. And we start stripping down boxes and throwing boxes into off to the side and and, uh, and breaking them down. While we pull in the car, and then uh, Gerd, the effects guy, had a, um, a, a compression system inside where the so the hood would come or the roof would come down when he'd land on it and basically 
Vincent just stood on the top of the roof and then fell down into the car from jumping up and falling down onto the roof of the car and then falling wow. off. So he, and then he just goes from there. And so we uh, had a brief then, stitch of a digi double. You know, we did do a yeah. real brief stitch. The of a transition digi-double. between the two. But that's it. I mean, just like a Morphe. You know, they did their magic. You know, but it was um, it was pretty cool. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, and it, and it's well, actually the same ahead, way. Jeff. It's actually the same way when he falls over the uh, waterfall. Um, you know, in the yes. from the top part of the water set to the bottom. We we did the same thing where. He goes over and he and he uh, stops at the railing or the pylon that he that he hits, and then we did another take where he goes and rolls off. I don't know if that one worked out as well because that one was a little more complicated. But uh, to know you can talk to that. But uh, yeah, it was the same type of uh, approach. Well, that was uh, that. Those were, were absolutely fabulous. All right, I want. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I just want to make sure we can tap up. What were your favorite sequences, Jonathan, or was your favorite piece to, to work on? I, I think both the the Arc de Triomphe and the Top Shot were my two favorite. I mean, they were also the most heavy visual effects, but they also I love right. doing the planning and, and and trying to figure out how much we can get set and how we're going to do all the work. So I, I had a lot of fun uh, trying to figure out those two sequences because they, they they took a lot. Um, to resolve all the different right. parts that we had to get into it, um, but and then uh, so in general, I mean the 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 stairs was more we were cleaning up you know, the environment and everything. It was a cool sequence to be part of. I mean, there's so many great experiences of, of that shoot. Like one of my favorite places that we shot was Jordan. We were out there shooting right. in Jordan, um, and not that there was massive. I mean, the main visual effects we did out there. Um, was cleaning up the sand and then adding clouds to the sky for the most part. Um, and then, uh, but uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun being out there and, um, and shooting those shots. And uh, I, got, I got to run all the drone unit work. So I, we, were, we would be out there shooting all the drone stuff while they would be on the, this uh, cliff shooting uh, Keanu's sequence with the Elder. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun being out there. Um, that was that, but uh, yeah. I mean, for me, shooting is. Um, I love problem solving, and then um, you know it's great if you've you've got great people to work with, and it just makes each part of it just exciting and dynamic. And uh, and this was definitely that kind of kind of movie for sure. So it was, it was a lot of fun. That's amazing. That's amazing. And Janelle, what was your favorite part? <laughs> That's a, also a hard question. I don't know. It was um, I loved doing the the last minute. We decided to do a CG dog. Oh right! And that's in the arc when the you know Chidi's actually swinging the dog around, which really happened. Britta Lamb just you know clamps on and she doesn't let go. You wow. know, so that's really happening. He's swinging that dog around, but then. Um, <laughs> But then we, and that was like one of the shots that actually was prevised in, in the film because reshoots were so tight. Um, but we, you know, shot Britta then rolling off um, and, and, you know, sort of clamoring and getting up over blue screen. And we recreated her in CG to give her a better performance and obviously make the hit happen. And light effects did that. And it's 
I mean, you know, just from our commercial days, it was one of those things where I think that there was a lot of fear from the studio and whoever, like you're never going to get this CG dog in time because it was very late in the game. Sure. And so that was really fun to like put the CG dog together. And then I got to say, I, I love so many of these effects and I'm not like a violent movie type of person, yeah. but it's like when you start to see like the vendors were so into it and they all did such a good job. And when you start to see like the invisible effects come together and people don't know what's what it's like, I have so many favorites. So, uh, you know, the Kane's eyes, I loved um, the bamboo yeah. forest and the Osaka hotel out in like the garden area was, is really fun. So it was the Osaka rooftop. Arc de Triumph is just one that kind of goes down in the books for just being, you know, kind of an epic environment to build. Yeah. So, yeah. Top that, shot as well. Top shots. Top yeah. shots the best. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things, right? You remember those forever. Uh, that one's one of them. Yeah. My, one of my favorite visual effects shot of all time is the shot on contact when she goes up to get the pills from the, mm. from, do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely amazing because she goes around a corner and the mirror shot is just absolutely amazing. And the top shot yeah. to me is on that level of when, uh, you don't realize it's happening. And then when you're halfway through, it's like, oh, my God, look what they're doing. <laughs> and then it just becomes this incredible experience because you're just like, oh, I'm just watching the actions like, oh, no, no, no. This is becoming so much better and so much more exciting. So congratulations to both of you guys. This is an absolutely great performance. I don't want to give too much away about the, the, the show in case people decide to listen to this without having seen the movie, which they shouldn't do. But uh, hopefully they go see it either way because uh, uh, it was a really fun, wonderful performance and an absolutely great film. And I'm so glad to have both of you guys on to do this with me. Thanks, Chris. Thank this you very fun. much.